Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Writing Cabin with Tara Benner. I'm author Tara Benner, and this is my cabin. We all need to escape into story from time to time, so come on in, sit down by the fire, pour yourself a nice hot cup of coffee, and let's talk books. Now, before we get started today, I wanted to take a moment to thank our newest patron, Morgan. Morgan, your support means so much to me. Welcome to our Patreon family. I'm so happy to have you. If you're not familiar with Patreon yet, Patreon is a platform that allows readers to support authors directly with a small monthly contribution, just two or three dollars a month. If you would like to join our Patreon family, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash Labs. I create a brand new short story every single month, as well as a video diary. You can gain access to my entire library of Patreon exclusive stories for just $2, or if you pledge at $3, you will get each new release as an ebook included with your membership, and you'll get those before they're released to anyone else. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Labs. This week's featured book is Blood Ties, the prequel novella to Ether Witch from Gabriel and Wesley's Perspectives. Wesley Pierce just made Detective, and he's at a serious disadvantage. He's been drawn into a string of unusual murders committed by a creature that doesn't exist. His brother Gabriel knows something he doesn't, that Wesley's killer is a vampire. Gabriel Pierce is a hunter, a supernatural predator who slays witches and werewolves. Wesley has no idea what his brother does after dark, but Gabriel is determined to stake the killer before Wesley gets too close. If you like badass vampire slayers, high-speed motorcycle rides, and stories about brothers, you'll love exploring the darker side of Denver. Blood Ties is not available in stores, but you can get your copy for free at tarabenner.com. So, it's time for my little life update that I do every week, and I am back from my little vacation. I was in Missouri and Illinois visiting family over Easter. So last week I did a special episode. If you haven't listened to that, I would definitely recommend it, but we are back to our usual programming. And <laughs> it's always really nice to go back and see my family um, but what was kind of unusual about this trip was instead of doing what we've done the last time, what we did the last time we visited, um, which was break the 12 hour drive into two days because we now have an infant, I decided to fly with my son while my husband drove with our two dogs because we take our dogs everywhere. We never board them. Um, and you can't take two crazy dogs on a plane. Um, <laughs> and uh, that would have been really expensive anyway for both of us to fly. And this was my son's first time on an airplane. He's eight months old. And I have to say, I was very, very nervous about it. But was, what was hilarious about the whole thing was when we came up with this plan, I told my granny, who's like 96 years old, I told her that we were flying and her reply was, oh, I don't like that at all. Like, you know, and I didn't really understand. <laughs> she just like was very against it and I didn't really understand it. I 
thought that she was probably worried about COVID, but she didn't come out and say that. Um, but I told her, you know, we can't, you know, with my husband's work, you know, we can't take an extra two days for the trip. And it was really hard last time, you know, we stopped at a hotel in Kansas and we had to schlep everything into the hotel, get the baby adjusted, you know, to sleep in his pack and play and get up, pack everything up and continue on the other half of the drive, do the same exact thing on the way back. And it just seemed like a better solution for me to buy a plane ticket. He's young enough to where he can just fly in my lap. And so that's what we were going to do. I didn't think much of it, but the next day I had a missed call from her and my granny, (laughs) she left me a message and she said, I was thinking about you flying with my great grandchild. And I just, I really didn't feel good about that. I know how crowded those planes are and with COVID and I really just don't like it. And so I spoke to a travel agent and I asked her how much it would cost to upgrade you your ticket to a first class ticket. And I'm going to send you the money. I want you to call and change your ticket. If it's more than what I sent, like, let me know and I'll cover it. Don't argue with me. Just do it. (laughs) And the funniest thing to me about this was that there was still a travel agent in Quincy, Illinois, where my granny lives. (laughs) And that's like who she called to figure this out. Um, But I have to say, I was really grateful and really excited because I've never, I've never flown first class in my life. I've always flown coach. And I also felt this was setting the bar a little bit high for my son because like he'll only have flown first class and it's all bad from there. (laughs) But, you know, since I knew I was going to have him in my lap for the, for both flights, which were each like an hour and a half long. um, So two flights, you know, because we had a layover. So two flights there, two flights back. I didn't argue. I decided just to take granny up on it. And oh my gosh, (laughs) it's the only way to travel, you guys. (laughs) And I say that kind of tongue in cheek because it's exorbitantly expensive to fly first class, especially if you kind of buy your ticket the last minute like we did. Um, Or, you know, if you have a credit card that you get points to fly, it's probably not that crazy. But I definitely wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for my granny. And I'm so thankful that I had a first class seat because my kiddo was so squirmy. The first flight, it was like a big first class chair, you know, and they come around and ask you what you want to drink and they serve it in glass cups and real mugs. And they are brewing this delicious smelling coffee. And I was like, oh, I just want a cup of coffee so bad. But I didn't get anything to drink because I knew that he would knock over like anything that I put on the little armrest. So I didn't get anything to drink. But then they passed around a snack basket. And the snacks were just like so much better than anything they ever give you in coach. Um, so I got a snack and the flight attendants were just very attentive and I had all this space and it was great. The second flight was this little tin can flying from Dallas to Columbia, Missouri. And I did not have a first class seat on that because they didn't offer first class because this plane had like six seats, but it was not a full flight. And so I actually had two seats next to each other to myself, which was fantastic because he was by far the worst on that flight than any of the other flights. He cried a lot and 
just wasn't happy to be confined because he just learned to crawl and kind of started pulling up on stuff. And so he really just wanted to be moving. And on the way back, I was like kind of dreading the flight because he had been really bad on the last one. And I board the plane and I, this is the only one that I didn't have an aisle seat for. I was a window seat and I come up to my seat and I see that the person next to me, and I'm, this is going to sound like I am being very stereotypical here because I am. And you'll see why this was, why I was off base on this. (laughs) So I get to the seat and it's this very like businessy looking guy. Like when you think of like the person that'd be flying first class, this is like who you think of. He's wearing like very nice, like business casual outfit. He's got his Starbucks. He's reading a book called like the busy leaders handbook, which is very clean cut. And I'm like thinking to myself, oh no, (laughs) my kid is going to be a nightmare. And this guy probably bought a first class ticket. So he wouldn't have to deal with this sort of thing. And so I'm like, oh, I think we're there. And I kind of like scooch in and I'm being very cognizant of my son's movement and sounds and trying to keep him as quiet and happy as possible. And I'm also thinking like I brought a bottle for each flight because I'd heard, you know, their ears pop on takeoff and landing. And I also like at this point, I was like, I definitely can't nurse him like (laughs) next to this businessy guy because that's just not cool. And uh, so... (laughs) where he's like we're very we don't say anything really to each other the whole flight or for the first like half of the flight and my son you know is kind of looking out the window and and then he says something to me he says oh he's being really good and I said oh thank you and he was like yeah it's it's nerve-wracking flying with a little kid you know as I have uh and I said oh do you have kids and he says yeah I have four and he said, actually, the worst experiences in my life happened on a plane with two of my kids. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? And he said, yeah, I had a really bad blowout. And there was another flight where we got stuck on the tarmac and my kid screamed for 45 minutes straight. And so instantly I knew that this guy got it. And he was not who I had pegged him as. And in fact, he was probably the most understanding person on this entire plane and uh, he was very nice, and it was a much more enjoyable flight once I was able to relax about that. And uh, yeah, so it all it all actually went really well, and um, my son was great, and I think we'll definitely do that again. So thank you, Granny, for the first class ticket. Uh, it was much appreciated. That is it for my life updates. Uh, now it's time for my writing update. And I feel like I should really be celebrating today because last night I put the final touches on Warrior Witch and sent it off to my editor. I did one final read through of it this week. um, And because I had been gone and I had fresh eyes on it, I was able to catch a few little things that I hadn't noticed before. And these are little things that readers I'm pretty sure would never notice, but I'm really happy when I can catch them. So like Gabriel going to kick in a door that in a previous book I've said has a drop bar across it, which if you know what a drop bar is, it's like one of those medieval looking things that goes across the door to keep someone from being able to burst through it, which logically wouldn't work kicking in a door with the drop bar on it because the door would have to open the other way for the drop bar to be effective. So like I said, there are things that most people would never, ever notice, but 
I make a huge effort to get these things right because (laughs) as you'll see in our letters segment, when I get things wrong, I get emails from readers a good three to four years after the book's been published and it's often too late or I'm too lazy to go back and and fix them. And uh, yeah, (laughs) over the years, I've been doing this for like eight years now and I've gotten a lot of flack from readers over the years on little details that really, really bug them. Um, One embarrassing thing I got wrong was actually in Spirit Witch. And in an earlier version of that book, Fiona was kind of humming Cecilia to herself, uh, which of course is a Simon and Garfunkel song. But in the original draft, I said like that she always sung Beatles songs to herself whenever she was nervous, like in the woods. And what had happened was, of course, like, I know it's a Simon and Garfunkel song, like, I would never get that wrong. But originally, I had had her sing a Beatles song, I can't remember which one. And when I replaced those lyrics with a few bars of Cecilia, I forgot to go in and change the artist's name. And somehow this got past all of my beta readers, and me, and my editor, and me again. (laughs) And one of the top reviews on that book still is I can't believe how this is an unforgivable offense. Like, I think the review says something like, shame on you. (laughs) And believe me, reviewer, I am ashamed. I have since fixed the ebook and print book files to reflect the correct artist. I had another reader once who was mad how at the end of Ether Witch, Fiona parks on one side of the highway and runs across the highway rather than driving farther up and turning around to park on the other side. Um... But I wrote it that way because I'm familiar with that road in question, which is I-25 or I-24. And if you've ever driven that stretch, you know that it's several miles before you'd be able to get off. And there's really not a good place to turn around or to park because it's a really like tight mountain road. And there are very specific little pull-offs and they're only in certain places. And so the reader didn't know that and she got really mad. Um, So I... I really try to get the details right, but I don't always. So those are just some weird things that readers yell at me about. We'll have another later, but I digress. Today, I'm excited because I'm writing the monthly short story that I do for my patrons every month. And this month, uh, for May 1st, it's going to be part two of The Dragon of Larksboro, which is a high fantasy short story starring Gabriel and Bellamy. And kind of the premise of that one is they're all attending a wedding together and Fiona falls through a portal to another realm. It's a really fun little sandbox to play in. And so I'm really excited to write the second part of that. Um, I've been wanting to do high fantasy for a while, but I'm kind of in paranormal land right now. So this was kind of a little way for me to cheat and get to write that kind of story. I'm also getting ready to go through the witch's fortune one last time. And that is Fiona's prequel novella. I got that back from my beta reader, Anna, who was basically a dialect reader because I have a character from Liverpool. And so she grew up near Liverpool and she read through it and she marked some things that I got wrong about his specific dialect and slang. And so I'm going to go through that later on this week. That is going to be a release bonus. I'm going to be giving away the Witch's Fortune to people who pre-order Warrior Witch 
or if people buy it directly from my website. Um, so that will be a little extra incentive. Um, yeah, I, I really want to give it a try selling books directly from my site because I obviously get to keep more of the royalties. Amazon takes about a third of my royalties whenever I sell through there and the other retailers are similar. But also, I think buying directly from me gives me a much more direct relationship to my readers. And so that's something that I am looking to grow in the future. But that is all for my writing updates. Now it's time for what I'm reading this week. And I have to say, I haven't gotten very much reading done because I was gone. And when I got back, it always seems like when you've been out of town, it takes several days to get kind of back to square one. So I've been picking up the pieces of my scattered life and reading has not really been a part of that. But I am still listening to The Eye of Truth by Lindsay Baroker, the first book in her Agents of the Crown series. Um, it's a really enjoyable um, read. It's kind of a, an interesting take on high fantasy. And I've also been reading Spellhound, A Witch in Wolfwood, book two, which is also by Lindsay Broker, that is paranormal with witches and werewolves, and it's funny, kind of lighthearted, and um, I really am enjoying that as well. So we're about to wrap up, but before we go, let's check the mailbox. And this week we have an email from Luke in Quebec, Canada, and Luke writes, he, this is uh, about Elderon. So Colony One is book one in the Elderon Chronicles, and he is apparently reading that. Luke writes, I love the story so far, but one thing that irritates me, I'm a former RCN sailor, and as far as I know, we don't salute a non-commissioned officer, only lieutenants and higher. I remember a line we used to say, don't salute me, I work for a living. The way the Sarge treats his troops and the rest seems accurate enough. I remember being dead at the end of each day during basic training. Maggie has loads of stamina and let luck to not have a surprise exercise at night when she's supposed to be sleeping since it's not real army it could be possible oh lucky not to have a surprise exercise at night uh keep up the good work thank you for the email luke uh i, I had to read this because it was just it kind of cracked me up um so this is why i should not be writing space military romance if that's even a thing outside my books Eldron isn't really space military romance. It's more near future sci-fi military dystopian with a dash of romance, I guess. Um, um, and I actually, I get a lot of feedback from readers about the military element in Eldron. And sometimes people are mad about little things I don't get right. And I have to say that when I first wrote this series, there was no such thing as the Space Force. The Space Force was announced, I think, when I was getting ready to release book five of that series. And I was like, I predicted the future. But then I was like, oh, shoot, because now people are going to have a real Space Force to compare my Space Force to. <laughs> and I guess I was thinking that when I developed kind of the military system for the Space Force that because it was fictional, it didn't matter if it wasn't completely exactly like the Army or the Air Force or the Navy. And uh, and now we have, you know, 
the Canadian armed forces kind of to compare to as well. And so I, I really don't know how those work <laughs> clearly. Um, but that's, I think that's just kind of one of those things where, you know, as an author, you, you try to like follow your muse, but sometimes your muse wants you to write things that you don't understand as well as you maybe should. And so, um, that happens, but Luke, I'm glad you're still enjoying it despite kind of the little inaccuracies. If you, dear listeners, have any burning questions you'd like for me to answer on the podcast, you can send your letters to terabenner at gmail.com, or you can post them on any of my social media channels. I am at author Tara Benner on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also post them in our secret reader group on Facebook, Tara Benner's Reader Revolution. That's all I have for you this week, but feel free to stay in my cabin for as long as you like. We can drink coffee. You can crack open a good book hopefully one of mine, and have a wonderful weekend.